Welcome to the Grand Azura podcast. Here he is, the legend that is David Atkin. <laughs> legend, more like. <laughs> legend, mate. How you been? You been all right? Yeah, good. Just busy with work, uh, busy with life, really. Yeah, same. I, I know what, same, I know what you mean. Day, mate. Exactly, I know exactly what you mean. Fucking hell, I've had an afternoon of it, mate. I've had my two girls and then my eldest had a mate over. Fucking hell. House for the chicks, mate. It's fucking. We, we ended up playing charades. I don't even remember the last time I ever did that, but they were there trying to act out movies and shit. And I was like, you're awful. <laughs> Just you don't normally see kids playing and stuff like It's normally iPads and stuff these days, isn't it? Yeah. Not well, old school games like that, but fair yeah, play. They're banned, mate. They're banned from their phones at the minute. <laughs> I won't ask why. Fucking creatures. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's good to have you on, mate. I think I've been asking you for like two years. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. Sorry, <laughs> just nah, so busy. It's always the way, mate. I totally understand. Like fucking life gets hectic, life gets busy. You've got you got your little man yourself, so I know what it's like. All but, good, good to see you finally. Yeah, definitely. Well, like I said before, I hit record. Like I think, apart from randomly at Thorpe Park, which was random, my missus was like. Oh, bombs are going off again. My my miss it. Yeah, hit the deck. <laughs> Don't can't even remember the last time I'd actually hit the deck for a fucking rocket. Um, but yeah, my missus was like, "Why do you randomly know people in Thorpe Park?" And I went, oh, "I was on fucking basics of with that geezer." But yeah, like you said, before that, basic training. What was that two thousand eight? Two thousand eight, mate. Lifetime ago now. That that fucking what it fucking is, isn't it? Yeah. So long ago that, and you know, so many top lads out off that basic training. I got to admit, definitely. But you, uh, you, uh, you got injured, didn't you? On on basic, yeah, training. about week twelve. Yeah. I've got flat feet. Uh, <laughs> as I was running, it was pulling my IT bands, my legs. Yeah. So that was in pulling my kneecaps out, and I was in clip with it from like week six onwards. But I gritted it out as you do. Yeah, yeah. Went down the med center, went to the physio. He's like, you, yeah, you need steroids in your, in your legs. He's like, oh, fucking treat, fucking like, treat yourself. So I was there five weeks. Wanted to, was really keen to get back onto onto the next course. I went on to junior then. Lasted a week before they went again, and then I thought, fuck it, this time I'll, I'll just I'll focus on my legs, getting recovered. And I went yeah. full circle back onto LL. I graduated on the same on the same training team, which is quite nice. ITLL, mate. Yeah, I. I... I had a similar, uh, well, my, mine was my ankles. So my ankles were, have always been fucking dog shit. And it wasn't until I was on the uh, FT1 and I rolled both ankles on a tab. And I was like, fuck's sake, of course I've done it on the training, on the fucking promotion course again. And they were like, are you on two squadron? I was like, no, mate. And they were like, oh, you've got, you've got ankles like a, like a para. I was like, what? And they went, yeah, you've basically got no ligaments in your ankles. I was like, really? I was like, I'm always rolling them. And they were like, did nobody pick that up on basics? I went, nah, they just told me to man up and fucking get on with it. <laughs> it's what it was back then, wasn't it? And it's yeah. a bit different now, but yeah, it was like that back then. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, because you, you ended up going on the real two para, didn't you? Fucking two squadron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a strange one. Like, we, were the, we were the first five that went on to two. Uh, they'd, mm. they'd not had anyone go for about two years and they'd, they'd just got back from Iraq. So when us five rocked up at the two squadron hangar on that on that Monday morning, uh, there was no one there because they were renowned for starting at sort of one o'clock on a, on a, on a Monday. So we just yeah. come back then. And I'll never forget it. All five of us walked in the door. Everyone's there. They all stopped what they were doing and just dared us. I thought, oh, here we go. Uh, yeah. but first few weeks were challenging. As I think, <laughs> yeah, I seem to get into any any of you in it, but yeah, mate, fucking loved it, loved it. Yeah, we we were fucking lucky on fifteen, as uh, the amount of us that went from uh, field gunners to fifteen squadron was basically the whole squadron. I think a lot of the previous fifteen did the. Sorry, let me. Sounds wait like for you these, done the ranges, mate. I oh, know. Let me wait for these <laughs> pricks to finish. Fucking hell! Shut up. I don't, I don't, I generally don't get fireworks. 
this is gonna this is gonna make for good viewing this <laughs> what is going on it's not too bad here not no. too bad at all it's literally one of my neighbors I might, I might put on the facebook group you stop that i'm i'm lying on the floor <laughs> time to get a grip of himself yeah Jesus Christ, they must have spent a fortune on these fireworks. Anyway. Sounds it. But <laughs> like, I, like I was saying, um, that's got to be it. Yeah, people are cheering. That's got to be it. Um, yeah, so basically, they got back from CAF on their last tour that they did before we joined. I think a load of them went off to, obviously got posted and whatnot. And then we all rocked up. And it was literally... Predominantly, the entire squadron was made up of of fucking crow LACs. So it was like we didn't really get initiated as badly as we should have. I think I think we should have yeah. like when we when we ended up getting a load of crows in, we we gave them some shit. Like this got to be done, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not with a mortar tube. There's <laughs> a funny story about that. So this is going back now. Last last year, isn't it? So. Apparently, I was the one that sold that story to uh, to the newspapers okay. <laughs> to, to, to fund the podcast. I was like, are you joking? I'm recording a shed. <laughs> I was like, who's, who's making up these lines? And I was like, also, that happened when I left. How would I? I saw the video when everyone else did. Fucking. Fucking, I get so much shit, mate. So much shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's got me done so obviously what what sort of guided you to join the, the mighty RAF Reg in the first place I'd always wanted to to join the RAF my great granddad was a, a Lancaster bomber rear gunner oh, cool. I've, I've got his flying log and stuff but he didn't he, he died uh, one of his oppos that was meant to take over uh, the aircraft next uh he was ill when he got back, so he, he opted to, to, to sort of take over from him yeah. and uh, dig back. So I've, uh, I had a picture of him uh, from bed for years as a kid, and I just thought, I want to join the RAF. I wanted to be a soldier. I thought, well, makes sense, doesn't it? The yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, those at the AFCO like, sold, it, sold the dream, as they do. Uh, they yeah, do sell the dream as well, don't they? I think from, from starting the application, I was in, in three months. Fair, that's fair play. That's fair play. I, similar sort of thing to you. Like I, my granddad served in the air force. My old man served, and I was like, "Well, I got to serve." It's like a rule. <laughs> and then uh, I, I originally went out to be a PTI and failed the aptitude test by like two marks or a mark or something like that, uh, both times. And I was like, "But I've got these qualifications. Can I still be a PTI?" And I went, "Nothing, mate." And I looked at the list. I had. I had a decent list to choose from, but me being me, I was like, well, I want the next most physical demanding job. Yeah. And they went, well, that's the regiment. I went, I'll do that then. I remember driving back from Gloucester and my old man was like, you don't, you don't want to be a rock ape. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I do. I think I do. And then when I look back on it now, I think I don't regret that decision at all. Like I loved it. And you know, it's we get a lot of shit from other other regiments more so than most. But you know, I wouldn't have changed my I wouldn't have changed my decision. I think fucking loved it. Yeah, no. I think I think my personality fitted quite quite nicely in. Yeah, definitely yeah. good. But completely with you there. Uh, there's yeah, especially in the line of work I'm in now, it's all ex military. Uh, yeah, and I think at the minute I'm I'm, I'm the only RAF Reg member of staff there out of like two hundred odd members of staff. So, yeah, you still get that same level of banter, even at work now. So yeah. there's uh, no escaping it. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're never going to escape that, mate. We're never going to escape that. I'm, go I'm going home. Oh, I say home. Um, I'm going back to Hereford on a Friday because I'm going to do the Remembrance Parade with my old man. And I was like, hmm, I'm going to go home to Hereford with my fucking jacket with an Air Force fucking patch on it. <laughs> fucking Air Force beret. I went, I'm going to get some shit here. <laughs> you have to do the cenotaph one year, mate. You need to, you, you've got to put that down one year. Yeah, it's, it's, on the, it's on the bucket list, definitely, 
I right. started doing it seven years ago, I think, and I was one of the only ones there with the Bob Herrick medal. I was like, yeah. probably the youngest one there. And over the years, like, more and more have come in, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic day on the pace. <laughs> See, yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> I bet it is. It's a, it's a fucking good one. Because obviously, um, we both we both went out to uh, to Herrick. Was your was your tour? Was it was it Kandahar? Or was it uh, Bastion that you did? Kandahar, yeah. It was Kandahar. We, we took over from twenty seven squadron. Yeah, because fifty one took over from you, and then we took over from fifty one. I believe is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it, I think it was three that was at Bastion when we were yes, at Cass, yes. yeah. Thirty four were at Bastion when we were when we were out there because I remember yeah. I, I, I got dropped <laughs> I got I got dropped off there. Basically, we did a detainee. We got we got a detainee, and we basically are now the how to guide of how not to do it. <laughs> they they basically taught that on um rsoi i believe and um so basically we um we use the x-spray and uh these farmers uh flared up for he or it seemed like yeah, he yeah. so obviously we detained them uh we then <laughs> they then decided to choose me as the detaining officer and i was like hang on and they were like sure <laughs> and they went well, yeah, you, they were like, yeah, we're, in them, in in our boss's mind, I was one that could be just sent. Well, I wasn't a driver, I wasn't a t- uh, fucking a gunner or anything like that. I was yeah. I, well, I was the flight signaller. So if anything happened with the comms kit, they would have been in shit. But apparently, I was uh, dispensable. So <laughs> so they sent me off to to Bastion, and uh, I always thought this. So when I when I got to the the airfield, and they were like, right, you ready to go? They went, yeah, and they went, right, sign your rifle in and your pistol. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, oh, hang on. I'm I'm escorting these. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. They'll get they'll get sorted. I was like, all right. So that all got signed in, all my ammo and bomb and all that. So basically I just had my offspray and helmet. And I got there. Waited around for ages. This would this I would have landed probably around one in the morning, something like that. So I was waiting around and they went, oh, you can go down to 34's lines. They can, they'll sort you out. There's fucking no one awake. So I was like, oh, brilliant. Waited around, waited around. Then I got called into the, I can't remember what they were called now. The, um, basically, basically the prison. And uh, search, searchlight, 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 torchlight. I want not that long enough to remember, mate. Fuck it, fucking. It. It's either torchlight or searchlight. Someone's going to ping up and go, Tomo, what are you talking about? Anyway, so I sat there and I was like, right, I'm in the middle of a room here on, on me Todd. And then in comes a MP. And I was like, cool. In comes an officer MP. I was like, cool. And then in come these blokes wearing sort of mixed cam and a fucking North Face jacket. Big fucking beards. I was like, uh, "Who do they are? <laughs> are you right?" I was. I was basically interrogated for about an hour and a half on why we detain these people, why I don't have a witness, why I've been sent on my own, why the fucking detainees have got bruises all over them, and I was like, "Uh, uh, uh." <laughs> Bloody hell, mate. Don't know, and um. One one of them was the on SAS who dares wins. He's the umpire at the end that does all the interrogating blokes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was one of them. I remember his face because I saw him on the FT one afterwards. And I was like, I know you from somewhere. Ah, oh, yeah, you interrogated me and it made me feel like I was a fucking proper crap hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great fun that was. <laughs> oh. But your your tour was quite eventful though, wasn't it? Yeah, so I was only out there six weeks, I think, before I was injured. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was injured on the twenty third of Feb. Uh, so yeah, never forget. It. So I was the I was a machine gunner. So yeah. I, I, was, I was stood up in the back of the room, really. And it all happened. But out on a on a all day patrol uh, to this village, we had our warrant officer with us, uh, and then. On route back, our vehicle got bogged in. 
So we had to get winched out by the Panther, yeah. which then put us at the back. There's only four vehicles. There was a one with Merc, two snatches, and the Panther, because the, all the rest were, were, were back at the fob. Yeah. And each vehicle that, that went over the cover, the boggy cover, it got worse and worse each time. And I was ordered to sit on the metal gun platform instead of being told to get out of the vehicle. So I sat there and just, just held on. But luckily for me, the the, the handle was slightly forward. They're, they're not in the centre. Mm. So I could sort of lean forward a little bit. And uh, yeah, mate, our driver hit this cover that hard. The vehicle went up in the air. I went up with it and it bounced down and came back up at the same time. And you know them with because they've got yeah, no yeah. suspension. Yeah. So yeah, in, I was like instant, instant pain. Our, our medic ran over, uh, put a morphine straight in my leg. Managed to get me out. Uh, I had another morphine a few minutes later, mobile leg. So I couldn't feel my legs anywhere at that point. Yeah. Uh, and then a black hawk came to get me. They sent, sent the Yanks in to pick me up in a black hawk, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember anything of it, but uh, we have been a photographer. Yeah, on the, the PJs. got some really cool thoughts. Yeah, on the, the, the one the one I put up for the post that you were coming on, that, that's a pretty yeah, cool yeah. fucking thought, to be fair. Yeah. But fucking hell. Uh, flown back to CAF. I had a CT scan. I was told I was told I'd broken my back. By that point, our OC had, had, had got there as well, so he'd come out. And it was this Canadian doctor. And it was like, you've, you've broken your back and it's, it's looking like you damaged your spinal cord. And when I had my morphine, my legs, I couldn't feel my legs anyway. Yeah. So I was like, oh, God. I uh, thought I was paralyzed a bit. Yeah, and I was going to say, you're flapping yeah. a bit there. Yeah. Fuck. The OC said, uh, Time you need to need to call your family, and I said I couldn't couldn't yeah. do it. So it, yeah, he it, it did it for me. And then next morning, so I was meant to fly back the following night. Uh, the rest of the section came to see me in hospital, as they do, calling me a biff and that lot. So I was getting yeah. flown back to the UK. Proper biff, check that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was I was that drugged up. Uh, I, I fell asleep for a few hours, and I got woken up by our warrant officer a few hours later, and he said. So I was telling you, and IED's gone off. He said, Luke, Luke's dead and Ash is critically injured. I was like, what? We weren't here a minute ago. Yeah. Like, not realising I've been asleep all day. And it's, yeah, just... That's, yeah. that's, that's Certainly mad, took a while to get over that. Yeah, I bet and it then, did. Uh, Tommy Barker, who was the uh, the top cover uh, of a machine gunner, uh, he came in the hospital then. He had to spend the night in there because he was concussed. Mm. And just, yeah, just... I'll, I'll never forget him coming in, like, shouting, Luke's dead, Luke's dead. Fucking hell! Just really, really rough time. Uh, I bet it was, and I, I, I sort of you must have had a bit of like a survivor guilt as well, because obviously if that's your your section and you've you've got injured on the the previous yeah. patrol, you're yeah. already in biffed up with your back, yeah. like proper biffed up to be fair, and then you're like the next fucking couple of hours they've gone out again and hit a fucking yeah. IED. I did met for, for a long time and it, it took it took some intense therapy to me to realise that it wasn't my fault, but I, mm. I blame myself for years and I'm I'm still I'm still close with Luke's mum Kate. So still, yeah. still speak to her regularly. But yeah, for, for years I struggled with that. I Even bet. when I was uh so we were flown back. So as soon as Ash had been he's had his surgery out there, he'd been stabilized, the flu was both back the, the following night. Uh yeah. Can't remember what time it was. Pitch black. Obviously, they only fly you at night, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there was me, him, and another lad from Bastion, just on this C17 Globemaster back to Birmingham, and that was it. Then straight, straight there. Straight and, uh, there. I, w- I watched Luke's repatriation on the uh, oh. BBC News on my little TV in front of me, and I said, "I'm, I'm getting out of this hospital to get to that funeral because they're on about yeah. fusing my spine when I was there." I said, "I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of here. I am going to that funeral." I yeah, think it yeah. was two days before I, I discharged. Yeah. That was it then. The long road to recovery, mate, that's still ongoing. Oh, I bet it is. I bet it is. That was a that was a tough funeral as well. Like obviously us lot yeah. of fifteen didn't aren't didn't really know him, but again yeah. it's it's still a brother in arms. You know what yeah. I mean? Mate, I, I broke down in the church. Uh obviously it was packed. I, yeah. I think I was I was I was I was the last one in there to, to see him alive. Yeah, and it was like it, it didn't didn't feel real that that was him because I, I saw him a couple of weeks previously and we were so when we're out in in the fob east you know you got your little rooms in your in your in your fob we, yeah. we shared a room with like four cot beds in there and it was 
yeah, just really, really bizarre time. And it, it took a long time. So it took a long time to get over. You, if you ever get over it, it's always there. Of course not. How we learn to, how we learn to deal with it, really. Yeah, and I've said it quite a few times on here. Like nobody, nobody, uh, <laughs> nobody can pre- prepare you for grief. Like, and it will, it will affect everybody differently. Like, uh, we lost uh, on fifteen. We lost two two gunners. One was, well, I say fifteen. Um, was after when he when he <clears throat> when he PVR'd, but um, one we had, uh, which I'll, I'll talk about now, was was uh, was Mo, Paul Mo Mahoney, and uh, yeah, I remember him. I, I was on uh, Juno with him. Yeah, on Juno. Weeks. Yeah, yeah. So, um, character. He was a fucking brilliant lad, and you know I still remember they, they were literally just about to go off to um, to do AT, which is where he tragically uh, got killed in an yeah. avalanche. And I remember seeing him, and he had a fucking dent in his forehead for him <laughs> from the night before, where he got in a fight with a lad who had a signet ring on and punched him in the head. <laughs> and we were like, "That's Maloney." I was like, "Fucking hell, Mo, what are you doing?" He was like, "Well, we fucking just out on a piss, weren't we?" I was like, and I just remember like us and the other lads were just saying, All "Right, cool, enjoy your fucking time away. We'll see you when we get back for pre-deployment," and then. I remember being out, I think I was out in Brasilia's, in fact, doing some disco dancing when uh, another buddy of mine who's now tragically passed away as well, uh, Cy Baldwin, who was yeah, also on Juno. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Danny Ritchie's, you probably know from um, Juno as well. They, they came into the bar and they were like, Tomo, we got some terrible news. Like, like Mo is, Mo, Mo's passed away and, and Shep was also there and we were like fucking not Shep as well but Shep yeah, they were inseparable them two on yeah. Juno like yeah and yeah fucking hard mate it was hard and avalanche yeah. wasn't it yeah it was an avalanche uh, and I believe they even had the the fucking warning saying look you can't go out on that yeah I know that yeah. and they obviously let him out and fucking yeah tough tough but fucking hell it's it's mad that like you don't really think about these sort of things until around this sort of this time, mm. um, especially in November. You know, it's always a sort of strange sort of time. I always feel like remembrance uh, week or month, as I like to use. Yeah, because one one hand it makes you like fucking proper proud that you served your country, you wear the poppy of pride and things like that, and then other times you're like fucking hell, we lost some fucking brilliant people and obviously Luke um, I think the regiment did the right thing and turning as you called it Fob East wasn't it East Fob yeah it turns to Fob Luke yeah, yeah Fob Luke PB East that's what uh, yeah, yeah. PB East I think it's called oh no I haven't got it up in here oh I did have I do have a photo somewhere of us at Christmas it's got Fob Luke in the background the big yeah. signs but I haven't got it up here I'll probably do somewhere um, <clears throat> but yeah Obviously, like you said, you um, you finished. Uh, well, you got to you got to go to the funeral, which was fucking spot on. But obviously, your road to recovery must have taken, well, still ongoing. Yeah, I think I've had six backups. That's so far, and I'm I'm waiting for another big one. Uh, I need a another fusion. So that'll be my third fusion. So it's just it's never ending, mate. Uh, Iron yeah, back. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got the name of glass back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's yeah. one of them though that yeah, I've I've got an injury that I'm in pain with every day, and I've I've been in pain every day since the day I was injured. So you yeah, sort of get used yeah. to it. Where the mentality is, it, it could have been worse. So it is what yeah, it is, just, yeah, just, just cracking and deal with it. And I spent a long time at Headley Court. So I did uh sort of when I was at home after being injured to be my discharge, it was about 18 months. Uh, so you'd, you'd, you'd do your three-week emissions down there, then go home for a month back down there. And some of the lads down there, even when I was struggling a little bit, I'd go outside to the smoking area and uh, there was lads who were like half a head and, yeah. and lads with like one one limb still having a laugh. And I'd yeah. tell a bit, of word, a bit of a word of myself and say like, you need to sort yourself out of here. Like, yeah, you, you've got... Got a bad injury, but it, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. But 
it's a, that's a that's another one as well, isn't it? Because it's a, a similar thing with sort of mental health stuff as well. Is when you look at other people and you're like, fucking, what what have I got to be fucking depressed about? Look at this person, but then you're like, well, actually, no. Every in, like for you, every injury is fucking different, and having a fucking back injury is pretty fucking major, mate. Especially if you've had six surgeries and you're getting fucking different parts of it fused that's mad but in the same thing mate you also have done fucking wonders and going off to do the fucking Invictus games is a it's a fucking special fucking thing yeah that was uh, yeah well amazing experience so my last stop before then was 2015 but I'm a fusion and that that worked for a few years about, about three or four years still in pain uh, but manageable. I wasn't really on as much medication as I'm on now. Uh, but I was able to train. Yeah. But I was training two, three times a day for that. And in doing that, my mental health was much better because I was I was out oh, training. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just I remember I went for the. Uh, I was watching the the uh, Toronto one on TV when Prince Harry does his speech at the end, and it was yeah. like game on, see down under. And I thought I'm going to have a bit of that. So, uh, yeah, email to help heroes. How do I apply? Send the application out, uh, filled in my, my details, and then I uh, got invited to some of the camps. So, you go and do a few camps. Uh, the coaches would then sort of write a report on how they think you perform, if you've improved, and then, be, then you go for trials. So, I went down to Bath University, down there for four days, uh, did well at trials. I think there were 600 of us that, that went for trials. For 72 spots, so they said it's like a one in eight chance. Yeah, didn't think I didn't think I didn't think I'd uh, been selected, but yeah, well, sort of driving to work one day and we knew this is when we were going to find out. Email pinged in the morning, checked it, couldn't believe it. So I had to phone them there and then. I said, Is this is this right? Like, yeah. <laughs> is this journal or not? Because oh, if not, I'm <clears> taking <throat> your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, yeah, we, we had to sign a document so you, you can't tell anyone until. Uh, until you have your, your, your public release uh, in London. Oh, fair. Yeah, fair play. Unbelievable experience. Yeah. So some, again, it's... I, I think it's fucking so good that they they did that, as in create the Invictus Games. As It's like a fucking military fucking Olympics, which is fucking awesome. It's great to watch. Like... It's so funny though, because my uh, my mother-in-law is constantly like she'll watch things like that, and then she'll see like what regiment they're from, and if they any any of them that pop up with like fucking RAF regiment or anything like that, she's like, oh no, no, you're watching BBC Two or whatever it is. There's fucking <laughs> she she was bang on. She 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 loved Robbo. It was so <laughs> like he's like Robbo's on telly again. I went all right. I'll send him a text if you want. <laughs> 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 But it's awesome. But you did um how many events did you do? Did you do three or did yeah, I did did three. Uh I didn't really talk about two though, because one I've completely uh flopped in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first event was the indoor rowing. Yes. And, uh, I I trained well for it. And uh when we're in Sydney, we you share rooms. So it's two people per room. And uh I met Barney, he was he was quite ill on the way out there. Oh, uh, gave it to me oh. the morning before I was due to due to row, and I was proper ill, and I was going to pull out of it, but I thought I've done all this yeah. training. Yeah, yeah, you can't pull out. Come of it. see me. I'll I'd, just attempt it anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I think I came mid table, and yeah. after I finished my four minutes, I, I, I creamed in on the floor. That was me. Yeah, just yeah. just passed out, blacked out, uh, and obviously with the, the, the mindset we got. I was told not to do the one minute later on. I said, no, I'm, I'm doing it. Creaming yeah. again. So that was the rowing, <laughs> which we really talk about. Yeah, then, that, did, uh, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> it's powerlifting after that, which is good. So I'd, I'd messed up a little bit. So what, where I'd been out running loads, uh, just to sort my head out a bit, yeah. I've lost loads of weight. And the, uh, the powerlifting is done in three weight categories. So it's yeah. uh, lightweight is up to 73 kilos. 73 to 97 is middleweight. 97 plus is, is heavy. Yeah. So I've lost loads of weight and I got down to about 79 kilos. And I thought, do you know what? I might keep trying to go with this because if I, if I can get to 73 
and still managed to lift what I'm lifting. I mean, yeah. we a chance at meddling. And uh, I left it too late, and I thought, there's no <laughs> way I can get down. But at the same time, I was thinking, I also can't get up near 97. So I, yeah. I was one of the lightest middleweights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which didn't help me out. But it was done in, like, three... Because the middleweight was such a big group. Yeah, it was yeah. done in, like, three three classes. So like, like the light middleweight, so weakest, should we say, uh, yeah. medium, and then the, uh, the, the beast in the middleweight. And, uh, yeah, I, I won my... I won my group, but yeah, well off on the medals. Some of these yeah. lads were lifting a ridiculous amount. Ridiculous. And then, uh, then it was a sprinting then. Uh, I've not actually tested myself doing the one and 200 metres before I went out there. I couldn't yeah. attend many athletics camps due to work commitments. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I didn't know how fast I could go. So when I did my 200 metre heat, it's the first time I'd done it. So I didn't know what to expect. And I won it. I was like, fucking hell, I won it. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the day after was the final, and uh, some of these lads, I thought, oh, I haven't got a chance here, and I uh, came yeah. second to last. Really underestimated it, and my coach said to me, you're brilliant for the first 170 metres, and then you yeah. just blow out, yeah, and that's yeah. when the lads just flew past. Uh, the day after was the 100 metre, and I was up against, so there was like four, four heats, because there's different categories in Victor's, you've got like... IT1, which is like treble amputee. Yeah, yeah. So there's only like three or four of them. IT2, it goes down with injuries. So IT7, I think I was in for the running. There's, there's hundreds of you. So yeah. you're doing different heats. There's like four or five heats at 10 at a time. And everyone in my heat, far two people, I was in the 200 meter final again. So I thought, I've no chance here. And yeah. I won it. Really? Fair one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won it. And uh, I can't remember what time I got. The heat after the 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 other Brit lad did it, and he he beat my time by 0.2 of a second. Uh, and then our coach had to decide who was going to be in in our relay team then, and oh, the, he chose him because he was 0.2 seconds faster. And then we had the final, uh, came fourth in the final, uh, finished fucking close, mate. That's point point seven seconds behind. Round bronze medal, I was good. So if you just leaned a bit more, but yeah, yeah fourth should, place. Should have jumped, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just something you don't forget, like walking down the track. And I mean there's there's thousands of people there. Yeah. When the I, camera comes past, you're on the screen, it's it's just yeah. It's fucking awesome, mate. It? it genuinely is. And just to watch like and the the support and the love that people still give for the yeah. for military veterans is, is fucking second to none really like i always i always found that since afghan and iraq is sort of fading towards like history as you could say now um people have forgotten a little bit of what people did out there and I found that even even down to like the Sun fucking Millie Awards, which I believe you were was it runners up? I was shortlisted for the I can't remember what category, might have been role model of the year, I think. Yeah, but the, the yeah. Millies have sort of disappeared now, haven't they? That's now like yeah, the NHS Awards or something. It's yeah. Like... It was always an ITV, like when Afghan was on, it was yeah, yeah. It was an ITV and it, it was the same setup as a Pride of Britain Awards, like a massive night. Yeah. I think it's over on we went to BBC, you know, Channel Five for a bit. Now it's on Forces TV, so no one, no one even knows about it. Yeah, because uh, uh, I mean, the last, like the last one that I remember watching, or or what I thought was the Millies at the start, and I was like, hang on, this is like the NHS Awards now, or something. It's like, <laughs> oh right, so the war on COVID is taken over from from everything else. But yeah, yeah, yeah it's awesome, isn't it? And you do some fucking brilliant work, and. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a new link. So we've got four minutes left on here. So I'll send a new link and we'll start again and get an extra 40 minutes. Yeah, we'll and we'll, we'll start dis- discussing the, the sort of stuff that you do now because I think that's fucking yeah. brilliant as well. So yeah. give me two secs, mate. I'll send you the, the new link. And, uh, no worries, mate. We'll be, we'll be right back after these ads. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. You're at the adverts. So don't turn off. Don't turn off, because I've got some good stuff for you. First up, I'm going to talk about our sponsors. Kent CBD is our first sponsor. Now, CBD oil, as you know, has 
tremendous benefits, especially within mental health and physical health. Personally, I use it to help with my anxiety and my depression, but not only that, I also use it to help with the aches and pains of life in my joints, especially my ankles and my knees. Um, but yeah, without CBD oil, I would have still been on my antidepressant tablets, which I'm no longer on. So, you know, every cloud. And um, what we're going to do here at Granite Zero is we're going to give you 10% off everything from oil, muscle rub, jellies, bath salts, the lot. Yeah? Make sure you get in there. www.kentcbd.org. Put in the promo code Granite Zero and get yourself 10% off. You are welcome. But also, if you're like me and you love a nice cup of coffee, now, for me, I only drink one coffee, and that's Green Beret coffee. Now, I don't only drink it because it's out of this world fucking coffee, roast to order, grinded to whatever specific grind you want. But not only that, it's veteran-owned and veteran-run, which, you know, hits me right in the feels. So make sure you check it out, Green Beret Coffee. Get yourself a nice cup of coffee. I drink it dark, just like my soul. Incredible stuff, incredible stuff. And what I'm going to give for you, I'm going to give you 10% off. So once you get to the checkout, once you've got all your coffee, your products, your apparel, whatever you need, get to the checkout and put in the promo code GZPODCAST. 10 and get yourself 10% off courtesy of the Granite Zero podcast. You are welcome. Now, that's enough of me talking about this stuff. Back to the regular scheduled show. Check it out. Now we're back. Back in. Back in. <clears throat> yeah, so. Talk us a little bit about what you're sort of doing now, because I think it's I think it's great. Like I wish I'd known about it when I was sort of at that age, going through college and whatnot. That that would I would have definitely have preferred to have done that than what I did do at college. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's called MPCT, so it's the Military Preparation College of Training, and it's <clears throat> training and preparing uh, sixteen plus. Uh, that aspire to join the military, whether that be the, the RAF, the Army, the Navy, the Royal Marines. Uh, so that half what we do is physical training, which that's what they enjoy doing. So every afternoon fizz, every Thursday is like our full military day. So we're, we're kitted out, out of the training area. We, we teach them everything to get taught in phase one training, we do it at the colleges. Yeah. So when they get to phase one, they they passed it. And I think we've got a 96% pass rate. So we've had over 6,000 people join the military from MPCT and yeah, it's, it's got, it's that That's high. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, you need to get a grip of that 4% though, mate. <laughs> That's obviously not my college. Fucking <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nice. I started as an instructor in 2017. Yeah, yeah. At the Croydon College and I've just, I've worked my way up since. So I then went and uh, I set up the Battersea College in 2018 so i did that as a lead instructor once i'd got my kpis to where i needed to be got the numbers in then a center manager uh and now i'm a deputy regional operations manager so half what i do is overseeing the region making sure that the colleges are squared around the other half is out recruiting doing uh, events in schools and stuff schools assemblies taster days etc that's awesome mate that's awesome and uh so do you get many it's obviously working out in uh the different areas of london are you getting a lot of sort of kids that would have probably taken the wrong path if it wasn't for, for like your your college massively even when i was running the Battersea college with a lad called uh what's his first name but uh, yeah, mr no. stevens yeah who, uh yeah just just a little bit of a job to start with uh a little bit lost in trouble with the place a little bit and uh, he came to my office one day and said, I wanna <clears throat> I wanna follow in your footsteps. I wanna I wanna join the Raf Ridge on the Gut Squadron. I was like, brilliant. Uh, and I went, I, yeah. And I went to his <laughs> I went I went to his graduation ceremony oh, in July. Yeah, he, I saw the photo. Went, yeah, he actually got two squadron. So oh, that's yeah. even better. Other than my son being born, 
I'd say that was up there with one of the proudest days of my life, just because I knew what it was like at the start, what we had to yeah. do with him, and it, it followed in my footsteps, and that was him. Yeah. That's that, that's fucking inspirational, mate, genuinely. Because, like, living down south, like, I'm, I'm supposed to be in a nice area in Kent, but, you know, even where I work, where I work in my regular human job, I'm a, an estate security manager of, um, it's, it's a strange, it's like a, it's like a village, but not, <laughs> it used to be RAF West Morley, which is like, um, they used to help deal with all the night raids and things like that. Yeah, the Spitfires yeah. used to fly from there. So before I even knew that, I was like, I quite like this area. And then I figured out, then I've got the, obviously the air force sort of fucking touch to it. So it's even better for me. But anyway, <clears throat> we, we keep getting these, it's like every couple of years, we'll get a new bunch of kids that are just little cunts. Like <laughs> that's the only way to describe them. That like yeah. if if I wasn't work in like a work capacity, you'd want to just fucking fill them in. Fill them in because the way they talk is annoying for a start. They've got no respect for anybody or anything. Like I remember being a kid, and you'd obviously give security officers a bit of a fucking runaround, but. The stuff that they do, that they're fucking damaging property, they're breaking into offices, they're putting... One of their things that they like doing was putting plastic cheese onto the walls. And then when you peel it off, all the fucking paintwork comes off. And I was like, that's fucking... That's just annoying. <laughs> like, one, you're wasting food, which, which I hate. And two, you're causing criminal damage. It's like... Be a, just be a little bit chopsy, sure. Be a bit cheeky, but fucking, ah, just want to. I just want to just fill him in. <laughs> I, I, I was, I, I had to. I was out on the ground the other the other day, and they tried to get into one of the offices during office time. They were like trying on the fucking grabbing on the doors and that. Luckily, they don't know the fucking passcode. But I turned up. I'm all suited and booted because I wear a suit to work because I'm fucking cool. I get out of the fucking car and I walk over and go, lads, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, look, he's a fucking new one. I was like, a new one? I've worked here for five and a half years, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fucking new one. <laughs> fucking hell. But, yeah, so I've, I, I'm still of the mindset that one of the best things that ever happened to me was joining the military. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was a, I was a, I was a gobshite. I still am a gobshite, but I was a, more so i was fucking arrogant and things like that and you know getting put through my paces on basics was probably the best thing that ever happened to me do you know what i mean yeah, Break it, breaking yeah. you down and molding you into what they want you to be i think and just giving you that work ethic is yeah. getting a taster from from the college like yourselves even if they don't go on to join the military like those life lessons that you guys are probably teaching them is fucking beyond beyond what they should that they're probably capable of at the moment. Yes, some of them realise <laughs> after a couple of months the military is not right for me. Mm. But we've uh, it is a military prep college like that. That is, is what we do. But we've progressed learners into the police, the fire service. Because half what we do is PT. Some have gone on and got the PT course and become gym instructors. Yeah, so yeah. It's not yeah. just military, but but that that is the bread and butter of what we do. But as I say, it's, it's giving them the life life lessons. Like we we always try and take them out of the comfort zone quite early on, and a bit like in basics, isn't it? You take yeah. out your comfort yeah. zone, and that's how you become more confident, and that's how you're able to work better within a team, how to communicate. So it's giving them them, them tasks that. Assessment center is probably not as as difficult as it used to be. Uh, but you yeah. still got to be confident. Still, an, an interview at the end, and uh, if you can't sit there and openly respond to some some questions as you would, and I said it's it's the iPad generation. You, you don't yeah. see kids outside playing, getting muddy anymore. It is sat at home on the iPad. Uh, it's just it, completely different generation. It fucking is, mate. Yeah. It definitely is, and. I would hate to grow up in this sort of generation now. Yeah, I like fucking sitting at home watching Netflix and playing FIFA like like anybody else. But, you know, 
I say to my girls, you fancy going out for a kickabout? Like, yeah, they're girls. My youngest plays football, but, you know, it's not like... I, I remember bugging my fucking parents when it was pissing down with rain to let me go out and play football or rugby or fucking yeah. just be out in the park. You used to go out for the day, come back home for the dinner and go out again. And that yeah. was it. Yeah. I, I still remember, like, being out the front of my house and uh, there, there was a group, they were, they were fucking little... Little little pikey kids they were, but they used to hang about with us every now and then and play football. But their parents would literally just shout from their house, and it would like echo around all the different streets. <laughs> and, then, and then they would go home, and it was like that just doesn't happen anymore. It just doesn't happen. And I, I feel a bit sad for this sort of generation because obviously we didn't really have the the threat. We probably did have the threat. We just didn't know about it. Of obviously fucking creatures that try and take kids away and and all the different yeah. dangers out there at the minute knife crime and fucking bollocks like that fireworks going off again um but you know how fucking good was it being a kid like i would love to go back back to the 90s and early noughties and just yeah. be a little rascal again you know what i mean <laughs> we used to have some uh called mischievous night Oh, yeah. No shops in town would, would sell any under 18s eggs. Yeah. And uh, about six of them went up to our, our secondary school. And it was all gated off, loads of fields, this big school in the middle, chucking eggs as you do. And next minute, we saw some lights on the wall, looked across, and it was a, it was a right van that opened the gate and, and came in. And we all legged it across the field as you do. <laughs> and the fat lad couldn't keep up and he rolled his ankle. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, the, the police got in first, like, asking who, who the names are and that lot. We jumped over the fence and there was a, was a Volvo T5 was screeching around the roundabout and that was it. And uh, the older knew our names. He, he dobbed us in. Oh, uh, fucking yeah, so, snitches get yeah. stitches. I know. Fucking, get stitches, mate. It's full of seeing all the reactions of parents when we're taking them. And yeah. Was second to last, like, one one dad had a go at his son for getting caught. Uh, <laughs> I think I got grounded for for three months. Yeah, just for chucking yeah. a fucking egg, but yeah, fucking mad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Mischievous night, I like that. It's like Burns night at fucking Honington, wasn't it? <laughs> Fellows, we're like going to town now, Honington. I don't know when you were last there. Oh, so I was years, in, in July for that graduation, and it is yeah. a ghost town. Is it a bit eerie, is it? Not nice. Yeah, like t- two an hour prize. Oh, of course, yeah. 15, 15 at, at Marham. Marham. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's not. Full of MPs, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's just, just a ghost town. Don't like that. Don't shame, like... Really. Yeah. I don't like that. But also, I can sort of see why as well. Like, I always wondered why predominantly all the field squadrons were at one place instead of yeah. dotting them about. It'd make more sense to dot them about. And probably cause fucking Boris and Edmonds less hassle. <laughs> uh, you know, I think Brazilians were shut down, wasn't it? And they turned into somewhere else. <laughs> probably. Brazilians. <laughs> I remember that because in, in basic, you weren't allowed in there, were you? Yeah, we weren't allowed, allowed in Brazil. deja vu or whatever. Deja vu. When, you, when you graduated, <laughs> that's when you were allowed in Brasilia. All, yeah. Yeah, everyone went in there. That Yeah. And you'd be in deja vu and you knew for a fact who was on training because yeah. you all had the same fucking grade three haircut. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I never had a grade three. I always went lower because I didn't like the tennis ball head look. <laughs> I was like, can I have well, it a little one bit side and a three on top? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Proper fucking jarhead style. Fucking it was great times though, basics. Like and uh, even even now, like looking back on just being in the military, I I only did yeah. five and a half years, but it was fucking brilliant. And when you look back on it, but I was, I was saying this on the last podcast, I remember being in and thinking, fucking hell, this is a ball ache. Fucking hell, we got fizz again. Fucking hell, we got to go to the range. <laughs> now I'm like, I would love for someone just to fucking yeah. wake me up and go, right, you got to go and do fizz now. He's yeah. like, yeah, because never been so fit. <laughs> now I'm just I'm a fucking blob. But yeah. You know, and going to the range, people pay for that. Civis <laughs> pay thousands for this. You know, <laughs> fucking sh- shipper's got a t-shirt that literally says that. 
civvies pay thousands for this. It's fucking. Even on even on two though, like you go out on the piss on a night, but you were pleasing the next day. Yeah. And you some days twice a day. Still, still manage to do it. It's mad. We'd all go out on a Thursday night sometimes. Yeah. Called, a couple of times called the half pint frenzy. And if we did it, you'd either go Thetford or Booze and Edmonds. You'd start yeah. in one boozer. You'd have to down half a pint, run to the next, down half a pint. So you do all the pubs in the town and then you have a, a piss up in, in wherever you finish last. <laughs> and you get two lads chucking up all over the gap. And then the next day you, you are doing squad and fizz. And you can imagine what the squad and fizz is like on two squad. Oh, yeah. yeah Rats. Yeah, yeah. It, some say it was almost as hard as 15, but not <laughs> 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 oh, fucking brilliant! But yeah, the most functioning alcoholics ever, I think. That's right, yeah. But I remember when uh, we were doing so, we're still with, with LL, so we mm. graduated, but we we're doing like our, our field gunners. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you, you guys did it all in house on the on the flights, didn't you? So the field it, gunners it changed. It changed again after we did it, but ours was different to yours, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so as as we did the basics, had well, we were supposed to have like a, a couple of weeks off and then go and do field gunners. Where I think Juno, who was after us, did it all as in a one So I think they did their field gunners and then they passed out. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, ours was graduate, have a week at home, then back. And yeah. then it was into like into the nine weeks. I think I think it was the same as yours. I think we were one of the last to do it like that. Yeah. And the I think definitely the first better to do it that two, way. Yeah, the first week or two was doing the gym. I think wasn't it? Mm. And I'd use the GPMG. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was the it was the Christmas do on camp, uh, and all the two squad lads got got hammered. And it was the night that we all had to move our kit over into the two squad and slam block. And obviously they Ooh, they, slam they, block. they yeah, yeah <laughs> hotel. <laughs> These, these lads got, got wind of it that we were sort of marching our kit over there and uh, in the room putting your stuff in. Oh, you can hear is the buzzer. Yeah, hello. Get fucking get out of here now. Get out of here now. <laughs> in the corridor, kit off in the air and kid, beer. Get down the fucking bar. Uh, anyone else in there? Yeah, Wilson's in there as well. <laughs> get down the fucking bar. And uh, yeah, a few initiations taken out into town, into Brasilia. Silly o'clock in the morning, and then uh, on the uh, on the twenty-five meter range with the Jimpy at oh, seven o'clock in the morning, and I remember saying to uh, I think it was Jay Singer, I said I, I can't remember what to do with this. I was <laughs> red, stinking of booze, ill paced, didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I don't, I don't know. My mind's gone. I don't know how to use it. Hands don't work. <laughs> Good rats. times, good times. Fucking, I remember. Uh, I think we were still at Barnum, and Udin, Neil Udin had just moved into seventy one, I think. But anyway, he was out on the piss out in Brasilia's, and he was stinking. And I, and he, <laughs> we were getting up ready to go into squadron on for for parade, and then uh, he put his foot in his boot. And it was just full of puke from the night before. Oh, God. And I was like, fuck's sake, why did you use your boot? And he went, oh, no, I fucking, I don't know. It's fucking crazy. Oh, pudding. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he went powers, didn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still technically a power. I think he's getting discharged for something. I don't yeah. know if it's medical or, or what. But, yeah, he went over to the powers, which is hilarious. Because I remember being out on stag with him in, in Iraq. And him fucking nodding off constantly like that. Fucking constant nodding dog. And I remember looking, I wrote it in my memoirs actually, in um in my tour diary, you could say. And it literally says, fucking Udin's falling asleep again, and this cunt wants to be a para. <laughs> it's like fuck. <laughs> oh, it's, it's in there like in fucking big letters. Fuck off. <laughs> Prove me wrong. He proved me wrong. Fair play to you, Udin. <laughs> It's mad though. There's there's so many different things that I wish I'd I'd got done. I don't know about you, because obviously with your injury and whatnot, you're probably limited really in in your in your service. Yeah, like I, for a long time, I I felt cheated in my career. Mm. I, I, I signed up to do, do a job that I, I loved, and went for went, went for the med board, and they were like, "Yeah, med med discharge." I was like, "Fucking what?" Is that a, yeah. 
Well, it's been a few years, like, yeah, so I felt like I've, I've done all that, but well, nothing really. Uh, yeah. And they say that that took me a while to, to get made around as well. Yeah, I was going to say, did that? Transitioning that... To, to a CV was fine because I'd been on sick leave for that long anyway. And in between mm. being at Edley Court, I was back home. So it yeah. wasn't like a big shock for me, but yeah, I just, I, I massively felt cheated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I bet that took quite a, quite a bit of time to get to get used to as well. Like that that was one of my my big things was the was losing that that brotherhood you could say the comradeship yeah. and and having that purpose um was was my big downfall that was that's what sunk me to my lowest was like I've said it fucking I don't know how many times on here like how, wearing the uniform and and the and the and the fucking cap badge and and whatnot it gives you that a massive sense of pride. And I never found that sense of pride until like remembrance sort of time yeah. when you can yeah. put your medals back on that. That's that, that was literally when I was like, fucking yes, get the, I can, I can be a fucking soldier again, technically and things like that. It's like, hey. but yeah. yeah, massively struggled massively. Is that, a lot of people leave these days and they think they've got to find the job, like the, the perfect job mm. as soon as they get out. And it takes time. That's very rarely the case. Like when I left, uh, I, I was working as a youth mentor for the West Kent YMCA. Like mm. that, that wasn't on the radar. That's not what the same was yeah. doing. So, so that was working with like those youngsters that had been even kicked out of a people referral unit. So you can imagine what they were like. Yeah, yeah. I was in a, I was in a carpentry workshop in Tunbridge. So I only around the that, corner from me, mate. I never yeah, knew that. Yeah, yeah. Never so knew. I, I, start, I should have, I should have fucking met him for years. So after, after I finished work, I'd stay on and I'd, I'd learn mm. the carpentry units, and then I, I started as a tutor. So I was tutoring them carpentry. Yeah. I sort of went on and then went to work for a company called Challenger Troop. They were Tunbridge Wells. That was a little bit similar to what I'm doing now. Still ex-military. Yeah. Going into schools and running like youth programs for like disengaged kids and, and stuff like that, and then that sort of led nicely into what I'm doing now. So it's all sort of had a knock on effect. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I went through a stage of wanting to be an airline pilot. I was going for lessons and stuff. I just didn't have the hundred grand to do it. <laughs> <That was the laughs> yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. And you know, I'm I'm semi settled now, but I still get these moments where I'm like. Just every now and then, I send you a message. So, what, what what's going on with your fucking course? What hour do I get about doing that? It's, We've got some vacancies at the minute. Well, yeah, I might be in get touch. Might I'll be send in touch. Later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you no, know, genuinely, I get to like my missus even said she's like, "Do you actually enjoy doing security work?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's what." But then it's all I've known since I've left, because I didn't get any real mentorship in going through my resettlement. I automatically went, well, what does everybody else do when they leave? Oh, they get a CP license and they go and do fucking blah, blah. And then I got my CP license and then I looked at it and I was like, the reason why I left was to spend time with my family, not, yeah. not go away on do maritime or not, yeah. not go away back to the fucking desert to do close protection and, and things like that. It's like, what, what am I doing? Yeah. And I ended up doing, um, oh, fucking hell, what have I done there? Don't know how I did that. Clicked off, yeah. But <laughs> don't know how I did that. Fucking techno biff. But yeah, I was <laughs> like, I ended up just being a security guard at a Waitrose. And I was, that's that's when I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And then I, then I gen changed to be a cash in transit guard. So I carried the high value fucking money and jewelry and stuff like that. And even then I was like, what the fuck am I doing this? Then I ended up getting a pretty cool job, which was the surveillance work that I did, where I was spying on benefit sheets, which was really fun, until they started sending me a different, the other end of the fucking country, where I was supposed to be working um, southeast and London. That was supposed to be where I was working, but they were sending me out to fucking Plymouth, Portsmouth, fucking Birmingham, Manchester. And I was like, this is not what I agreed to. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and then I got this job and I've sort of settled because it's close. It's, it pays all right. and But, you know, it gets stagnant, doesn't it? 
And that's it. Yeah, that, I think that's even when I was a centre manager, <laughs> it's a fantastic job, but it, it's got a bit of a lifespan. But they mm-hmm. do the same thing every year. So the, the position I'm in now is brilliant because every day is different. I might be working at home a day. Might be. Yeah, yeah. In one of the colleges, I might be at a school, so every day is different, and it's it's great, but it's, it's so rewarding, especially yeah. when, as I spoke about that that lad earlier. Like, yeah, definitely is, uh, mate. Yeah, I think the work that you that you have been doing is, you know, it shows when you get you get put in for. He's going, Wait, going for round you, two, are they? Yeah, they're <laughs> fucking bombarding me. It's it's us leaving fucking Iraq again. We're getting sixty four rockets. Um, How did you feel last year, mate, when uh, back in Afghan again and it all kicked off? It, it was a strange one, wasn't it? Um, you know, it, it, in certain breaths, it's like a real big disappointment because of obviously oh. the work that we did. And a lot of people go, well, you went over there just to fucking shoot people. No, we didn't. We went over there. Yes, that was part of it because we had to get the Taliban and ISIS and whoever else out. But predominantly when I was there, it was hearts and mind missions. We were going out to the villages. We were giving them fucking blankets, yeah. radios, fucking water, everything. It's like we were trying to build them a better fucking future. And then we handed it over to the Americans, as we do. And then they've just gone, well, there you go. See you later. It's like yeah. what? 21 years, countless fucking lives lost. And you're just going to just watch them fucking destroy the country again. Mad. Mad. Yeah. Put all that fucking work in. People like yourself getting fucking injured. And obviously the worst, the ones that didn't come home. And those that did come home, some of them had fucking fucking shot in the brain. You know what I mean? All for nothing, really. Yeah. It's start, I don't think spoken about enough in a minute, and it's, it's nah. just those... those... Lads and lassies that, that have not had the support since they've left. Uh, I know the support's probably a bit better now than what it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember when I got out, it was, there's nothing there. Someone came to see you at Edley Court, ask if you're all right. Yeah, I'm fine. That was it. You don't go that, from anyone again. That's exactly, exactly right, mate. And it's even, even if you don't think there's anything wrong with you, it's not until you actually start talking to a, a a third a third party professional yeah and then you're like oh actually yeah i'm a bit i'm a bit fucking messed up a little bit yeah. like, it's not enough's done and it's as though the government and those that sent us out there basically just washed their hands oh yeah cool you can have the sun millie awards there you go yeah we're fucking done i was fine for years but said so just before well, we just started pre-deployment training. My old man died, uh, died in a car crash. And uh, I was back at work the day after his funeral. Like, they, they wanted me back because we were into pre-deployment training. Mm. You, you can't miss that, otherwise you don't get deployed. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't even think about that. We're that busy at work and, and then away. Yeah, it's not and until you settle. Those, those three things, just, I remember when they hit me at once. Like, with, with my yeah, man, will. my injury, Luke, it just, just hit you at once. And I was like, bloody hell. And I was always one of those that when people said they were struggling, I wasn't a big believer in, in mental health and, and PTSD. But when yeah. when you start realising there's something not right with yourself, you're like, bloody hell. I wasn't, mate. I wasn't. And, you know, for many, many years, I was like, how can I, how, how, how can I have fucking depression and PTSD? I was in the RF regiment. That was sort of my mentality. I, I hadn't seen anyone get blown up like first person. I wasn't there. You know, I wasn't in countless fucking contacts like fucking the powers and the Marines. I wasn't standing toe to toe with them to quote, to do the quote. It's like, how can I have this? How can I, I can't. So there's bollocks. I'm not having it. And then I remember one of my buddies had, had quite bad depression and I was like fuck off he did less than me how has he got fucking depression and I remember when I first really started literally sitting down and thinking fucking there is something wrong with me like 
I'm losing my temper with the kids. I'm losing the temper with the wife. I'm fucking upset at work for nothing. Literally, I'm just driving around going, what, what are you doing? Like, the negative thoughts that were going through my head, thinking that I was a piece of shit constantly. And I was like, fucking hell, this, something's not right here. And then I went to the doctor, went to and had therapy, and they were like, yeah, you, you, you've got this and this and this. And I was like, oh, that sort of explains a lot. And then when I first started the podcast and I got all the, the different hate from, from different people, a lot of people that I knew and I thought were, were mates that were calling me out saying that I was lying and making it up and I don't have any of this. And I was like, well, how, how do you fucking know? Like, and then I, I'd be arguing with them and it's like, I know what it's like to be them and be me now where mm. I know that, like, for example, if I was myself back then and I saw what I was saying and doing, I would have probably done the same thing. Like, yeah, look at this fucking dickhead being talking bollocks. It's not until you are in, are, are in it and then learn learnt about it, like actually reading up on different things to do with mental health would <laughs> will help you understand how people are feeling. Everybody's different. Like you said, yeah. that you were you were quite stoic and and now nah, that I'm fine until like all your different things all hit you at once and then you're like, oh fuck it all. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. and not enough is actually taught within within the military, I don't think. They're all about your buddy buddy checks and things like that. But how many people actually do it or actually understand how to do it? Yeah, you get people that are trim trained, but that was more of a dicking than anything. Yeah.